You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Process. And today, sadly, we're going to break down the last two episodes of The Last Dance. And it made me think when I was watching it, how come they didn't do one a week? One a week would make way more sense. We still have half of the episodes to go. And now we have, what, NASCAR and a made-up golf tournament? I couldn't really get into either of those this weekend. D-Ray, did you watch any of those two sporting events? Hell no, hell no. Not those or uh, Japanese baseball either. I'm sorry. I don't oh, Kore- have it the in The Korean baseball? Yeah, yeah. Not sorry, Korean it. baseball. Yeah, it's not not my thing. Not at 3 in the morning. But, I mean, I, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, disagree with you. I, I like that they put out two at a time. Because just one, those those episodes flew by. How many times did you watch it? It was like, like that's it? Like, hold on, hold on. That's it. And it felt like it was a half an hour. It felt like an episode of The Office or something. So... I like they put it out at the same time, but this law period is about to suck. Well, that's my point. It's if they did one a week, I do understand where you're coming from. Like, damn, the episode's over that quickly, and then you're lucky to have that second one that starts at 10 o'clock. But we'd still have half of it to go, and without any sports, maybe that would take us up to a time where that lull isn't as long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. This is definitely about to feel like that time of the year when, like you said, it's nothing but bowling baseball highlights it's only so many highlights i can see a motherfucker sliding for the ball and you know stealing third it's like all right i get it that was dope but like we need some variety we need some variety but what can we do man it was i don't know about you i felt like them last few episodes were kind of anticlimactic they were they were good but they weren't oh shit you know what i mean that was a a perfect ending i think it's because we knew the story but yeah, we knew, the, we knew the story. I'll put it in comparison to this, and I don't know if anybody will be able to relate to this, but I love shitty reality television. It's either sports or just the shittiest reality TV in the world where they need to find love on an island, right? That's what me and my girlfriend watch. And I love all the drama, right? Like, you slept with this person, but I like this person. They start freaking out. What I don't like is... The last episode where like they actually end the show and they fall in love. Like get the hell out of here. Nobody wants to see that part. I just want the the terrible drama. Well, I, you know I don't care about the ending because I feel like all right, yeah. I mean I know what's going on. I want the juiciness involved. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone can relate to that. Can you relate to that or am I an asshole? Well, not the reality TV, but I could definitely relate to that 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 friction. You want to see that. To me, maybe the best episodes outside of, you know, the first two, because it was such a, oh, my God, amazing job they did with it, was seven and eight. You know what I mean? The way seven and eight were put together, the the, the drama of his father, uh, you know, how MJ made it back, the way they jumped back with all of that, uh, the gambling. That, to me, was those were probably the most. Ooh, yeah, there ooh, was a two week run. So it might have been five and six and seven and eight. There was that two-week run where I was on the edge of my seat, like really loving this thing. And and look, as a project, the whole 10-part series, I mean, it was phenomenal. I'm not trying to make it seem like it wasn't great at all. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. But there there was like a two-week stretch of, damn, this is insane. And then there were some episodes where, all right, like, hey, they're maybe beefing it up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They was on some shit. Yeah, you're right, because – Three and four was the one with Phil Jackson and Dennis Rodman. And we felt like those were kind of fillers. We talked about that on here. They were kind of just, you had to get the story wrapped up. You had to tell everybody's story. When they got into that gambling shit, his father's death, um, and they talked about how the media kind of swarmed around that and what they did with it. I like how they showed this, the dream team stuff. 
Holy oh, yeah. Team stuff. Yes. Oh my yes. god. Yes, that was great. Yeah. That was phenomenal. Yeah. Those so, were probably the best ones. Yeah, no doubt. So let's get into these uh these last two episodes. I love mm-hmm. the Reggie Miller. All right, I love the Reggie Miller. I, I'm not a big fan of him as an analyst. I don't hate him. Uh, I don't hate him as an analyst. But as a player, those Pacers teams, first off, very hateable. But I love yeah. looking back on it now. And how about that push-off on Michael Jordan in that playoff series? He's trying to play it off as if he didn't push off at all. That's why I like Reggie Miller. I, you know, like, I really think if if Reggie Miller wasn't so endowed in uh, MJ's era, he would have been Kobe's Isaiah Thomas. He is such an asshole. He is such an antagonist. And you hear he'll say it goes back to him and his sister's relationship when they were younger, how she used to just bust his ass for, <laughs> when she had the 100 game, the 100 point game and came back and talked shit to him. But he is just such an asshole. Even though he said that, I gave MJ a light shot. Like, he just loves that you hate him. He's a bad motherfucker. So you, you got you to gotta respect it. Yeah, and he's very, I don't know if sarcastic is the word. I don't know if it is sarcastic, but, you know, he says things like the push-off, right? Oh, you just get yeah. a little, you just get a little yeah. shove. Dude, you literally ran through him and made the big-time shot. Yeah, and right before he said, and he said right before, I'm thinking as he's drawing up the play, leave this up to the refs to make a call. And then he says, I gave him a light shot. Like, he just, he just loves it. You hate me, I'm going to go that much harder. And you you got to respect that. I didn't realize he was that good. I forgot how good he was. People talk about him now like he was just a shooter. The same way they talk about Clay, like he's just a shooter. Reggie had game. Like, he yeah, had he some had some, shit. He had him. a little bit of killer in him. I mean, yeah, it's not man. MJ or Kobe level of killer, but he had yeah. some killer in him. He had some shit. To him. That shot was amazing. And, yo, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you felt like this, bro. When he, when MJ took that uh, that double clutch shot, I've seen that shot a million times. My heart still stopped in that documentary. I was like, I thought that shit was going in. Like, I, I was going to ask if you had PTSD at all. Oh, God. Well, it's a little different because, you know. Because he made it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, first off, you know how each of them played out. But, yeah, one made it, one didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like, the, it's something about that double clutch, but it's like, hold on, he's still getting it there. But that shit, man. That was that now, was. Now, do that you was think when we part. look back at these at these '90s players with all of them? Mm-hmm. I mean, Malone and Reggie Miller and Patrick Ewing and and literally all of them. It's insane to think about the talent that was on the floor at that time that we don't appreciate all of them. I, I don't think we do. I don't think we appreciate all of them because, well, Michael Jordan took a lot of the rings, right? So we don't yeah. get the same effect. Do you think in, I don't know, 10, 20 years, we will look back at the era we're watching now and feel the same way as we do about some of these players now? And I guess it's time definitely changes perspectives on certain players. So I think as time goes, you'll look back on certain players now and think differently than you think you would at mm-hmm. this very moment. Uh, I honestly think LeBron is going to do that to a lot of players. I think it's going to be he's so great. It's going to be kind of hard to acknowledge because I don't think me and you are going to feel like that about this area because we lived it. You know what I mean? We lived, That's why people in the 90s are like, man, y'all don't know. When this first came out, I was texting all my old heads. Yo, this shit is crazy. Yeah, you had to be there to really see it. Like, imagine being there for the first time and seeing this on TV. Oh, shit, this is happening in real time. I think that's what it's going to be for us. Um, and I think the funny part is everybody who talks about how that era wasn't shit is going to feel the same way when the younger kids, 
when their version of their Kevin Durant and their version of their LeBron James in 20 years dunking on 15 foot rims because everybody jumps too high at that point and they got a four point line and all this other shit. Man, back in our days, <laughs> it happens It happens to everybody. Just, right. just shut the hell up. Well, it happens I wonder to all if of us. some of these players, like for example, the, the easy ones, LeBron, Kevin Durant, everyone will look back at those players and say, damn, they were very special. But Who are you are, thinking? Well, I'm thinking Russell Westbrook, right? Like, he's a player who's insane. He scores a lot yeah. of points, triple-doubles. But we, we talked about this. It doesn't really relate to winning. And I don't put him even close to LeBron or Kevin Durant. Are we talking about some of the players in the 90s who is their version of Russell Westbrook? And we just assume that, damn, we are disrespecting him. Even though, you know, Russell Westbrook, maybe I disrespect him a little bit more than most. I don't know. But I don't look at him as we go back. If we fast-forward 20 years... You look back at Russell Westbrook, if he stays on path for what he's doing, he's just another one that gets left in the dust because, I don't know. I, I don't know. No, he, no, no, you're right. You're right. He looked at like a Patrick. I've said a million times. But not I, even. But is he? Like, that's my point is, is he at that conversation or is he not even in the conversation with the Patrick Ewings, the Reggie Millers? Is he I on a so. different tier? I, th- I think Russell Westbrook by the end of it is going to be a Hall of Famer. I, I think he's going to have the career of that, but it's just, he's going to be ringless. Right. And so because of that, it's, it's going to be, no, no, not, not, not yeah, he's going to be a stats hall of famer, but it's going to be kind of hard to acknowledge certain things. When I was watching that shit with Charles Barkley and them, the first person I thought of was Melo. Yo, he was cooking and y'all ain't know how bad this boy was, but because it never ended in a ring and he only made it so far. And because of how great MJ was, that's what you look to at the end of the day. But I, I, like I said, it happens to every generation. It happens to every generation. That's why I hate people try to compare the errors. Run your error. You know what I mean? I can say LeBron is that of this era. There'll be a lot of players that miss out on that ring because they had to go against him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, the, the argument. It's fun. It's a fun argument to have, and it's fun to debate. But at yeah. the end of the day, you know, both have dominated their era of basketball. And it's not just them two. There's plenty of people that dominated their era when it was their time. So, Facts. you know, there's no reason to scream and rip your hair out about it. Yeah. I mean, just appreciate the greatness for, exactly. for what it is. So exactly. speaking of greatness, there was a flu game. And then there's some speculation or conspiracy theorists out there that believe that it was full of crap. Now, the one thing I'll say that doesn't seem like MJ would do if this wasn't real, skipping practice or skipping warm-ups or uh, not warm-ups, but pregame shoot-around. He did not yeah. go. And that's something that he wouldn't do. So yeah. maybe he felt sick at that time. I-, I don't know if he felt insanely sick like he did in that hotel room during the actual game. Like, was he starting to feel better by the end? Yeah. But, hey, it was the flu game. Where do you stand? Do you think it was full of shit? No, I think it was full of shit. I think they actually did something to that pizza. Like, look where you are. I think they did something to that pizza. He said it was food poisoning. And just the way that trainer, and you know, it's like sometimes you got a gut feeling. But the way that trainer described that whole shit, I got a bad feeling about this. You know what I mean? This is a guy who's with him every day. He's like, I got a bad feeling about this. He eats the entire piece on his own. Nobody else gets sick. So unless that was bullshit, well, duh. If it was very bad pizza or it was some food poisoning. And uh, the speculation I always heard was that he was drunk. They said that he was hungover. And he went there. But I got a feeling once he got that adrenaline moving, it was one point in the game, it just, I, I think it was real. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past MJ to maybe beef himself up a little bit with this story. <laughs> Being hungover is also a great possibility. I mean, that in that era, I love just seeing all of this, smoking cigars in the locker room. And, you know what I mean? Like, it's so crazy to think that, 
How about when they were walking up to the hotel after winning the championship and he's like, is this a, is this a smoking a smoke room? It is now. It, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give a shit. They just won a sick ring, man. Are you imagine Kyrie just lighting a spliff? <laughs> after, after, every, after every W, it's just you just see him sitting there with his whatever the fuck. Yeah. We know we can get them that like it's just I, I would love to see it, but that was kind of odd. They would they were partiers for sure. Oh, no doubt about it, especially uh Dennis Rodman, if you will. How how about <sighs> this dude? I mean, are you serious? He hold, goes hold, hold, hold. what? What are you gonna do? Fucking salute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he was sitting on the couch with the trophy, kiss it. Just the the the, the, the transition. I I'll let you explain it, but bro, come on. That was a that that 72 hours for him was just that's Hall of Fame level. Dude, my man skipped <laughs> practice during the NBA Finals. finals. NBA Finals to go on wrestling. <laughs> it wasn't WWE, though, right? It was one of those, uh, like, their rivals or whatever. At, at, at WCW it don't matter, man. He was, up, some bullshit he was like up that. there whooping some scripted ass. So it was wrestling. Wrestling. He did that. Comes back. Balls out. Balls out. Makes the free throws knowing that everybody thinks he's not going to. How can you possibly think? And listen, it worked out. So it's Mm -hmm. something that is easier to swallow. But how in the fucking world can you sit there as an NBA player and say, I don't think I need to go to practice today during the NBA finals. During the NBA finals. Because at that point, they know what they're going to get out of each other. And you see, I'm not going to say nobody else tripped. Hey, man, you go out there and ball, how much can we bitch? I'm not a huge fan of it. You know, I think that kind of messes with the camaraderie of a team. But at that point, they were clicking on all cylinders. You're not going to beat them. Like I said, if he went out there and laid an egg, yeah. But he went out there and balled his ass off. That's just, that's a that's a, a frat house level rally, the way he got his shit together. That was amazing. Well, Phil Jackson's answer was really interesting to the media, asking if it's distractions, and he said, to you. you know, yeah. Like, yeah, to you it is, to us. It's just, hey, it's it's Dennis. Yeah. But that's crazy to think that it can go that way. Even if you know he's going to give you everything, even if you understand that he'll be on the floor the next game and give everything you have, I still don't see how it could just totally get swept under the rug as if my man did not miss a practice during the NBA Finals. To go do what- wrestling. Because what immediately happened after, though, let's be honest, let's be honest. We were sitting here and the Utah Jazz had won that series. You're talking about an entirely different situation. You're talking about how they fell apart because, you know, Jordan had this going on and he was exhausted. And then it was that time Dennis Rodman left and then Scotty's back. If all those things don't end up in a win, everything is looked at like that was why. So it was it was definitely I think that was the pressure, too, that made him perform like that. But that's just like I said, man, salute. I loved watching him try to escape the locker room and escape the arena. You see 300 media members with cameras running down, trying to catch him up the stairs, and this dude just sprints to his car full speed. You could never do that today. You couldn't. You couldn't. I was cracking like somebody said this shit like episode of Mari or Jerry Springer. They're like, you are not the father. And you see see the chick take off through that tunnel. They was on his ass. And he hops into that black pickup and just, oh, God, I loved it. I was a fan for sure. I'm trying to picture a, a, a place that you can, and listen, maybe that does happen. I'm thinking, are there moments where people sneak out of the arena? Sure. But after yeah. you miss a practice during the NBA finals, I don't see how that could even 
possibly happen today. And I wonder if there's something in his contract where it states you have to speak to the media after certain certain points. I I don't know if there's something in the writing when it comes to that, but clearly, I mean, if he's going to skip practices, I don't think he gives a damn what is written in that contract. I feel like at that point it was like, fine me. Fuck it. I'll, I'll take the fine. But not the because he said, as funny as that situation was, he said what it was. He said, I can be here and then I need a moment to kind of step away from this and escape. And he was a hell of a partier, but that's what he did. And he came back and got his mind right. I feel like for him, it was like, I'd rather pay y'all for that peace of mind and play good than do what y'all want me to do, keep my money, and then play like shit. It's incredible. I couldn't imagine. I just could not imagine. It probably has happened. It's happened. We just didn't hear about it. No, no, no. I'm sure that happened. I'm just talking about the entire situation. Like, I'm oh, sure yeah, people no. have sneaked out of the media sessions and, and ran yeah. away and got away from a, a an arena. But, you know, to play with Michael Jordan, we talk about his competitive fire and how much he gives effort in practice. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sit there in, in Dennis Rodman's shoes and go, I don't give a damn what Michael Jordan thinks about me. I'm going to party. I don't care that it's the finals. To do that to Michael Jordan, how about that side of it? No one really thinks of it to that degree. They just think, oh, it's Dennis being Dennis. But this dude, Michael Jordan, is the ultimate competitor, and on the same exact team, eh, I don't feel like going today. Yeah, but I mean, Jordan kind of picked the spot. Remember the first time that he had went on that vacation? Like, I'm going to go get him. When they were in practice and Phil was kind of getting on Dennis Rodman's ass, you hear Mike like, hey, man, he's here. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of defended him. Mike, no, he ain't Scott Burrell. I can't ride him. You know what I mean? I got <laughs> I got to kind of give him some rope because with other guys, I can try something. But with Dennis and, and, and Scotty, you know what I mean? Whatever it takes, as long as y'all show up for me. You know what I mean? As long as y'all show up for me. Yeah, you got to pick and choose your battles. It's like exactly. when when you get married, everyone says, "Dude, you know, you don't fight with everything. You got to yeah, listen. You want yeah. turkey, she wants ham. You live with that argument. <laughs> you pick the other ones out there. You're exactly, gonna, exactly. You're be in a so long, long, like... long, long relationship. <laughs> That's just what I'm told. I'm like, about to say, yeah, That's I'm what I'm told. <laughs> and then you got to deal with Wawa stuff. Yeah. Like, bro, is you all right? Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing. Two, I just, my, my buddy told me this. Two percent milk or whole milk. Yeah, you know I mean, it's like getting into a fight about shit. You got to pick your battles. It's just what I'm told. Um, but yeah, no, that was uh, I thought that was really interesting. The Dennis Rodman stuff, and that kind of goes into the relationship with the security guard Gus. Now, to me, Damn. this was the most hard hitting part of this. That and Steve Kerr. I thought both of them had some very emotional parts. I did not even know about Steve Kerr's father. I don't know if that was just me. Did you have any idea about that story? I knew he wasn't around. I didn't know why. I didn't know it was that deep. Yeah, that's that, that, that was, was crazy. Like, that's that's Yeah, but both very emotional and and the gust tie, you know, it was just awesome to see you kind of see MJ being a normal human, having yeah. normal emotions. He's very upset about his father and and then he has a connection to the security guard who has been there through everything. How about when he got a phone call? The security mm-hmm. guard, Gus, got a phone call. MJ was in, in a lot of emotional pain. It was 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and he went to go see him to make him feel better. It just it puts MJ out of the superhero context and makes him more a, a, a normal human in society. Yeah, man, it makes him vulnerable. It makes him vulnerable. And they'd always said that, obviously, at the end when they talked about the poem he wrote, you know, it, it, was, it was emotions we didn't know he could tap into. I think he was closed off the way he was closed off. He's like, listen, I'm trying to get something done. I can't afford any distractions. But with him, that was beautiful to see. He said he was like a father figure. I was like, that's 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 real shit right there. That's, that's why we love sports, you know, Definitely. for things like that. And when they went into game seven against the Pacers, 
you know, that, that whole conversation with him battling cancer, lung cancer, and just how that really drove him. And, and the Game 7, you even heard Reggie Miller talk about this. Down the stretch, it was like a JV team, a ninth grade JV team versus that Bull squad. And there's nothing better than watching your team. If it's a close game, I don't know, a two-point game with three minutes to go, and that one squad just takes it to the next level, and that squad mm-hmm. happens to be at home, so the crowd really plays a factor, and it's just pure dominance. And yeah. and Reggie talked about, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of on his side when it comes to this. The Pacers might have been more talented, but the education level of being there and the experience level of being there, the Bulls took that next step that the Pacers never had that moment to really to really build off of. Like, they never were there before. And the Bulls have been there so many times. They elevated because of that. Fact, you can't buy experience. You can't buy experience. I think that was the best part about seeing that. It was something that clicked. Listen, we've been here. We, we didn't have our back against the wall too many times. We know how to fight off. And it would have been very interesting to see them, you know, make it out of the situation. But I think that's the reason why teams like the Mavericks beat the Heat back in 2011. It's just something about being there, being there, being there time again. Last year when the Toronto Raptors, Toronto Raptors played, um, you know, shit, everybody in the East. We've been here. We've been here. We've been here time and time again. Y'all ain't going to take this from us. And I know this is the Sixers podcast. We ain't talk about the Sixers yet. But to me, I'm going to just plug it. That is what I want people to take away from that. It's going to take some patience. It's going to take getting there, getting there, getting there, getting there. But it, the winner is the guy who doesn't give up, not the one that has the easiest road. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And yeah. I thought it was just chilling, though. I had the goosebumps here in the crowd. It's like I miss it. I really do. I also had the goosebumps when Steve Kerr hit that shot. That one yeah. big time shot, and That's then he had up. the he had the interview, not the interview, but he was talking to the crowd, and he said after the that, parade, yeah, the, yes, at the parade, and he said, "Listen, MJ couldn't handle it," you know, paraphrasing, <laughs> of course, and yeah, I took the shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wasn't comfortable in that situation, so he looked at me and said, "I'm gonna need you to help me out here." That I love it. He did it. He's like, I'm gonna get his ass. I'm gonna get his ass in front of everybody. But Steve Kerr is just. He's he's an all timer, and not just as a as a coach or as a player, just like as a human being around. Back to me, he's one of those guys in basketball you just love. This game needed somebody like him. So shout out Steve Kerr, man, that was dope. Yeah, I agree. It puts a different perspective on him, and I, the yeah. way I view him. Not that I didn't have an, an obnoxious amount of respect for him to begin with, but now it's like triple that, which yeah. is crazy because it was so high to begin with. And just his journey was crazy. You know, Arizona not having any offers going there. And then what he ended up doing with with the Bulls and that shot, it was crazy. He really, he became a a true role player. You got to be able to be your version of the the best role player you possibly can be. And we know that it's beautiful to watch. Facts. Facts. Be the MVP (laughs) of your role, man. Now, let me ask you this. Because when I was watching the parade, you see all of these players come out, and they had the different Larry O'Brien trophies, and there were six of them by the end. And I'm not being biased, but when it comes to sports trophies, I think it loses value when there's one every year. So when I look at the Stanley Cup, you get mm. the Stanley Cup, you get to party with the Stanley Cup, and then you lose the Stanley Cup, and you want mm. it back. You want it back. And with the Larry O'Brien... I don't think, you know, you win one championship. That's cool. Mm-hmm. If you win one championship in the NBA, that's cool. 
but it doesn't hold much. You need three, four, five, six to really be like, yeah, I'm an NBA like champion. Do, do you agree with me with that or no? Like, if you win one championship in the NBA, it it doesn't hold the same impact of being a Stanley Cup champion. I, okay, it doesn't. It doesn't because, like you said, they passed that around. Yeah, but it's I like do two think, different questions there. I would yeah. say, I would say, I agree. I agree with the first part. At the end of the day, it's just one of them. It's just one Stanley Cup. And like you said, there's a million Larry O'Brien ones. Like we saw the interview with Shaq and Kobe when they're sitting across from each other in the Lakers practice facility and you see all the trophies lined up behind them. That it kind of takes away from it. If you just saw one singular one, it's like, oh shit. So I agree with that. I do not agree with the fact that, that one championship ain't everything. A player like a Russell Westbrook, a Charles Barkley, a Patrick Ewing, or James Harden. These guys who probably, in my opinion, won't get rings of this era. It's just, it's that, it's that little bit of, you know what I mean? I think that's why it was so big that the Toronto did what they did. They got one. You know what I mean? No, I, I, so I'm not taking away from, there's obviously a difference if, for example, Dirk. All right, so Dirk yeah. with the one championship or without the one championship. You definitely think of him differently. But, yeah. you know, if, if LeBron James had one title, Let's just say LeBron James ended with one title. How is he now viewed differently compared to four or five? Like, I just think in the NBA, there's players where, okay, one changes how you are, but there's yeah. some players where one is laughable and very disrespectful. But yeah. in in hockey, like, if you just have one championship, it doesn't matter what type of player. If Sidney Crosby only had one. He, he has one. And I just think that, that like, it matters more in other sports than basketball because until you have four or five or six, you're not viewed as, you know, like one of the greatest yeah. to ever do it or, or, or something of that high level. Yeah, I I, th- I, I, was about to say, I see what you're saying. It does knock you out of the GOAT debate. It's kind of hard to talk about somebody being the GOAT and them not, you know, having multiple championships. Like That's what we said about Kawhi. Let's say Kawhi goes and gets them with the Clippers, even if it's just three at this point, even if it's just three championships. This motherfucker has three everywhere he went. You know, he got one every everything he played on, he got one. That's the type of stuff that puts people in GOAT debates. You're definitely right about that. Definitely right. And the, the difference, too, is, you know, in basketball, that one player makes the difference, right? So, you know, the power that LeBron has on winning a championship compared to the power of your best forward in hockey winning a title, you know, you, you LeBron has way more impact on that championship than, say, one player out of 20 that play every night in the NHL. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't just pick up a LeBron in, NA, in in an NHL organization and then be like, oh, well, we're going to the Stanley Cup Finals the next six yeah. years, you know? Like, the, the impact of one dominant player, which means that person needs to bring home those championships because that's how powerful they are during yeah. that stretch of yeah. you know, that organization. Nah, facts, facts. That, that ring is definitely a validation thing. It always is. It is across everything, but... I didn't I didn't even look at it like that. Like you said, that Stanley Cup is one of them shits. You party with it, you got it, you got in the locker room, you drink out of it, you do all that. It's there's gone. a chance. Exactly. Yeah, that's not gone. yours. That's, that, that's that shit what I is... really wanted to go with that. When I saw the six trophies and I, I like the fact though that you can see pictures with, you know, Michael Jordan with six of them or Kobe yeah. with all his. Like I, I don't get me wrong, I think that's awesome. But imagine Michael Jordan getting it and then having to give it back. Yeah. How much more fired up he'd probably be, which is crazy to think because he was already fired up. They should do that. Like a smaller one, it's one that's just it's one that's just everything. You know what I mean? Like it's a ball or something. It's not built like the Larry O'Brien one. I know Larry O'Brien was a ball. 
that shit would be, yeah, yeah. You might be on to something. Yeah. Well, might be let, on to something. let's change. Let's change the game here. Huh? <laughs> the process podcast is now changing the NBA. We might actually get like death threats from NBA players. Like, what the hell are you doing? I want my trophy. <laughs> they already did. We already changed from Spalding to Wilson. Don't yeah. be greedy. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> Don't be <right>. greedy. <laughs> I saw that report the other day, and I'm thinking, who the hell? cares about that right now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i thought you might say who the hell made that decision uh, i'm gonna be honest with you who do you think you are to think we'll give a shit nobody yeah, can no <laughs> they're not playing they're not playing but i i i think it is gonna be a big change when you see that first guy who shoots the air ball and wipes his damn chest yeah right would you would you notice the difference i mean i like the wilson ball yeah, is there like that the much of a ball. difference? I mean, to that's me, the NCAA ball. But I don't understand how that could throw you off to that extent. Now, if I no. give you two hockey sticks, one's Bauer yeah, and yeah. one's CCM, you'd probably be like, I don't know what the hell is the difference here. But to me, I'm like, dude, look at the grip. I mean, look at yeah, the curve. I look at the yeah, flex. And yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. dude, what? They're two pieces of, you know. No, no, no. It's not that big. But the first guy who airballs and does that. Oh, shit. You when he said I mean? wipe the chest, I mean, the first person I thought of was LeBron going underneath his jersey, maybe blowing into his that hands shit. a little bit, right? He doesn't ever ball, though. Anti- he doesn't yeah, ever. Never. He never has. Let's get into MJ's Game 6 performance at the end when he had the bucket, the steal, and then the big-time bucket. First thing I was thinking of when they were showing that Game 6, though, was Scottie Pippen's back, and I swear to you, I know this for a fact. I'm going to guarantee it that Michael Jordan in his head was thinking, you bitch. Yeah. You, you bitch. Mother- you stop going back to that locker room, you bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I like how, I, was it Steve Kerr who said, if anybody who thinks that Scottie Pippen is soft, you couldn't be further off. I like that he came to his defense because obviously that was, that was definitely a question. But when they talked about that, that, that whole damn game, I did not realize how loaded that series was between everything that happened. Obviously, Gus, them right before seeing him, before they left for Utah, he couldn't make that trip. How exhausted MJ was, the fact that the last one went to game seven and they were just, the Utah Jazz just waiting. That, I see why that story is as big as it is. I feel like for us, it's going to be when the Cavs came back and won three in a row against the Warriors. It's such a loaded series. Draymond's kick. I did not realize how much went into that shit. It was crazy. It really was crazy, and and the fact that I loved listening to MJ know what play was coming, and that's why he Dang. stayed on that backside to get the steal. You know, he was like, I've seen him run this play three or four times. Dang. They're going to put it down low in the paint, and there he was, just waiting there to pickpocket it, and they went the other way, and and I also love the fact, because I know Brett Brown gets destroyed for this sometimes, and, and sometimes it's valid, sometimes it's not. You don't call a timeout there, and you let your players play. You don't want the other team to set up? Okay, fine. Exactly. Give it to your best player and let them do their work and see if he's able to do it. And MJ's going through his head, you know, do I drive? When do I drive? And he does the crossover, a little slight, little push-off, how do you do? Yeah. And he buries it. Now, I don't want that call there. There's people no. who are pissed off thinking that that should have been called a push-off. Yeah, no, 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 that was bullshit. First of all, I got I to acknowledge something, like you said, the mental wear thought that he had to know that that play was coming. Because if you watched that play before, when they pass it to him, Stockton runs under the basket, he runs that scissor action, he comes out on the other side, and Carl Malone backs down and throws it to him. He hits that three. That was when they thought the game was over. So that was amazing that he had the mental wear thought. But 
I agree with you. The way Brett Brown does not call that, sometimes you have to do that because the other team, they're on their heel. They're not on their toes anymore. Oh, shit, they're playing. They're literally playing defense. But in their minds, they're not on the attack. So you got to let them go. But as far as that push-offs go, no. We talked about it last week with Kawhi. Sometimes you just got to let sports rock. Somebody's going to be pissed off. I think as a referee, you got to know somebody's not going to like me. Fuck it. You know what I mean? But for the sake of the game, you don't call that there. That was amazing. He was was already sort of going in that direction from the crossover anyway. Exactly. when this all happened, actually, this was before the episode really even got going, I texted you something, and I stand by this. I think I could guard Michael Jordan. I really do. I feel as if I could be the kryptonite out of everyone in the NBA that was not able to stop him. Here's Hunter Brody with the white headband, which is like yellow due to all the sweat and all the hard work and all, and maybe even a little black from all the pavement from diving. My (laughs) sleeves, my capris, my compressions, and I would be the kryptonite. I swear to you, I truly believe that if I just stayed in front of him and I locked in and I stared right where I needed to stare and I stayed with him, do some lateral work, there's no way that he would be able to get by me. He is shooting over your ass every time. I would block I'm not, it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm for it because I'm your guy. And I'm definitely your help defense, but I'm sorry, man. The way that man moved was just. <sighs> I don't get it, though. I mean, the way I move on these streets, five on five, I just honestly feel I can get in the position. Whether it's a steal. Like, I, I truly mean it. We play 48-minute NBA game. Me and him both log around, what, 40 minutes or so? And and when he's on the floor, I'm on the floor. There's no, oh, he's going to get a break. Broads is on the bench. No, no, no. I am on the floor. I'm checking in the moment he checks in. I'm checking out when he checks out. I think I can hold him to like four of 19 shooting. I can make <laughs> one or two layups. I'm not acting as if I'll shut him down completely. But, you know, I I feel I can be engaged and piss the motherfucker off. For the sake of this shit continuing, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. You my guy. You my guy. I'm with you. Fuck. This, this was a test. I wanted to see where we're at here, right? I mean, I wanted to see how you really feel about me. But I I'm stand with you. by that. I, I mean that. I do believe that I would be the scrappiest motherfucker he ever played. I 100% think the first layup will be when you smack the floor and he just goes by. I'm see, yo, to me, that is the funniest sequence in basketball. When you see somebody smack the floor and their guy takes that as an opportunity to blow past them, idiot. Get the fuck up. Just play defense. But so after you're that. Anti, you're anti smack the floor? When somebody's bringing the ball up, hell yeah. I, I've seen it happen to teammates of mine. Like they smack, you smack the floor, and the next thing you know, we're playing four on five. <laughs> He's turned you into an orange cone. I'm not for it, but. After that, I'm, I'm on your side. You're, you're locking them down. The, the, the smack the floor clap. Maybe pull yeah. up the, the fix the pants, too. Fix. Like that, that combination sometimes just gets me going. I mean, that's yeah. better than a buzzer beater. It is. No, no. It's Because it, it's like a, I'm about to lock your ass up. It, but you have to do it. Yes. That's the key. You have key. to do you it. You have to be you able have to, to do, do it. it. That is, that is, that's talking shit on defense. Who you know was, who was famous for that? Tony Allen. Dude, Tony Allen. I love that you just brought up Tony Allen. I mean, growing up, that's who I idolized. Yes, man. <laughs> who yeah. says that? Yes. Who says nah, that? Hey, listen, a lot of people should. You heard Kobe say that shit. Kobe was like, listen, they was like, who's the hardest person to guard you? He's straight. No hesitation. Tony Allen. That shit was just, for somebody to do that, because as an offensive player, if you get that done to you and then they actually stop you, 
I don't know. I'm not a guard. Yeah, I ain't got no problem. You ain't going to smack the ball in the post and dunk on your ass. But you'd be at the top of the key. That picture with Jordan and, and Magic. He fixes shorts and he's looking up at you. And I'm not going to get past this guy. Yeah, Tony Respect. Allen. I love that you brought up Tony Allen. No offensive game at all. But at this all. dude, straight defensive specialist. He might go and, down as, you know, one of the best, like, legitimate. But there's a lot of defensive specialists. But this dude had nothing else to his game. I mean, I really. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing to his game. Yeah, I was about to say. I was about to say he's up there with Gary Payton, but Gary Payton but could Gary get Payton his offensive could, like, back. Play. And this yeah, is yeah, no disrespect yeah. to Tony Allen, but yeah. he had nothing but defense. Gary Payton could legitimately play. Yeah, no, Tony Allen was he was a one-sided player. I'll give you that. But that shit just that just made it so much better. I'm going I'm to embrace the shit out of this. If you don't get nothing else from me, I'm getting stopped. You know what's ridiculous about me and you? What? Right now, we are talking about the greatest basketball player who ever lived and a 10-part documentary on his greatness. And our jerk-off selves are breaking down <laughs> Tony Allen's defense. Hey, I man, mean, that's almost impossible to do. You can have two people talk about this documentary two billion times, and no one else will ever bring up the name Tony Allen. <laughs> we two guys shooting the shit about <laughs> basketball. We allowed to do that. You don't like to get your own damn show. I love it. More Tony Allen. It's yeah. like, <laughs> Processed a Tony Allen podcast. <laughs> we should get him on. Tony. I would Tony, love that. Thanks for hopping on, man. That's great. <laughs> That's phenomenal. We should look into that. No lie. About to say. All right. Hey, so the one thing that I, I think that we should end on here is mm-hmm. at the end, Michael Jordan was talking about how it would have been easy to, to bring back maybe Scottie Pippen. One-year deals. If Phil Jackson would come back on a one-year deal, if he came back on a one-year deal, Dennis Rodman would, Scotty would probably do it for his seventh. And I just don't know if that's fair to say. I think Scotty Pippen had a really hard time with the contract stuff. He was obviously underpaid. I'm not saying he wouldn't because it would be hard to walk away from that team and thinking I could win a seventh. But yeah. financially, I just don't know if it would have been as easy as MJ might have said it would have been. I think it was. I think the thing that really broke it was that Jerry Krause comment in the beginning. Phil Jackson said in the beginning of the season. No, Michael Jackson. I said Michael Jackson. Jesus. Michael Jordan said he said Phil could win 82 games and he still won't be the coach next year. That type of shit because it's just it's exhausting. You you know what it is to be a competitor and to have some shit that isn't on the ice or on the floor or on the field messing with everything else that happened. That shit. Nobody wants to go through that time and time again. And I think that was the thing that really broke it. I think Scotty would have came back. I think they would have gave him enough for one year. He would have known I could still get more. But that shit was just, it's its hard to come back from that, as you saw. You know what I mean? Because they damn sure would have won that seven. Yeah. Would they? Them against that young Spurs team? The only team? thing I'll say is, when you, yeah, you're right. It was a young squad. Who knows what would have played out during that time, though? But yeah, if, if we just use what was actually going down and what happened, that young Spurs team would have been in the mix. Yeah. I just look at, at that point, MJ was so tired and so fatigued. At yeah. some point, that was going to play a factor. Like, at some point, he would run out of steam. And, and who knows if it would have been that seventh? Who knows if it would have been the eighth, possibly? But you could see that he was totally destroyed physically and beat down. For me to be able to say, oh, they would have gotten it just because they are who they are, at some point, that, that fatigue was going to settle in. Yeah, I, I do. But at the same time, like I said, that momentum they had, that 
you're not. I don't. I don't see that team getting beat. I don't see that team getting beat. Well, but I see what you're saying because yeah. they could have been spent. They could have been spent. It's like, listen, we put everything we did into this one. Like we said, that last finals between the shit with Dennis Rodman. It was almost like everybody who could have had a problem had a problem, and they fought through it. That was it. That was the last fight we had. So, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Are you upset with the way it ended, though? Would you have liked to seen it? Are you? I'm off. I'm all for pulling the plug when it's time. And and Michael Jordan has said that he was. I don't want to miss my time to go. I loved it, Phil Jackson. I, yeah, like he just was like, listen. At the end of the day, we did what we did. But let's shit end on a good note. You know, I, I don't like the idea of things fizzling out. That shit is it's ugly, especially when you have something that beautiful and it just kind of deteriorates. Call it when it when you need to. I wonder what would have happened if Phil Jackson said yes, because the reason like him saying no was kind of the snowball effect of it going the way that it did. But if he said yes, that changes a lot. I mean, it really does. Even if just Michael came back, you know, and you saw the list at the end, it said Steve Kerr was traded. Robin was released. MJ retired. And I was hoping they'd get into a little bit of wizards, Jordan, just a tad, just a smudge. But at the same time, I knew it wasn't going to happen because it would make MJ look bad. Exactly. They're not. They're not bringing that shit up. So somebody made a documentary about that. Ah, nobody wants to bring that up. Like I said, let people it. People just and that's throw what it I mean. away as if it never even happened. As if it never happened. And that's what I mean. Go out on a good note. The whole. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep. Just let it be beautiful. You know what I mean? I, I think the way they did that with the the team meeting at the end, everybody wrote down their fear. They put it in that that fire thing. Turned lights out on some weird shit. Put in a coffee. Can, yeah, it reminded like, me of like I don't know if you've watched Mighty Ducks. Yeah, when they were they were at the park and they put the cardboard thing in the box and they're like, "This is a distraction. This is a distraction in a fire barrel." They light it on fire, right? That's kind of what it reminded me of. I forgot all about that, but that's it's it's just it's amazing. That's what kind of makes it beautiful. They come back next year and the shit just the wheels fall off the damn ride. Yeah, you it loses value, but at the same time, I like the way MJ put it. I do agree with you. It would be nice to go out on that high note, but at the Mm -hmm. same time. You, you lost the opportunity. Like, even if you do fail, at least you had that chance to fail, and now yeah. you don't have it at all. So where do you draw the line kind of thing? That's if Phil comes back. If Phil would have came back and all that shit would have happened, yeah, I see that. But the fact that he didn't come back, that was the domino effect of, all right, this shit's over. You know what I mean? Because they're not going to play for anybody else, so that's why they did it. Uh, they released Dennis Rodman. They were tired of him. Steve Kerr was a role player. Scotty wasn't putting up with that shit again. MJ, it was just Phil Jackson was the one that he was the pen that held all that together. It's crazy. It was a one hell of a ride. And now for us, it's actually over. So we are going to have to find some more basketball to talk about. It, it's crushing that this is over. I mean, really, it, it definitely yeah. is. You saw some of the Lance Armstrong pieces and the, was it Mark McGuire documentaries that are coming out during the commercial breaks of The Last Dance? Bruce Lee. Yep. Now, I'm not going to act as if those spark the same type of noise, though. Mm-hmm. They don't. They no, don't. I was say, like, are you ready 90s. to dial into Lance Armstrong's piece? Because I'm not. It's the it's the 90s. It's the 90s Bulls. It, it ain't too many dynasties is bigger than that. I will say this. You seen the trailer for the Everett Holiday one coming up? Yes. That's an is that an E60? I don't know. I don't know what exactly it is. It might be a 30 for 30. I'm not sure. Yeah. I know. That shit. That's going to that hit, shit. too. That's going to hit hard. I mean, the, those are the type of stories where it's, uh, yeah. you know, you're in for an emotional ride. Exactly. I I think that, especially for Philly, damn, this is what was going on. So that's probably it. But I, like you said, Lance Armstrong, it's like, well, you, you was doing dope, bro. Come on. You, <laughs> you, you, you rode bikes and did steroids. Don't get me wrong. You were the man. 
you were the man, but it's just we know the story. I mean, you know it's such I mean? an iconic. It's funny how it's such an iconic part of sports, yet we don't relate to it. I mean, that is historic. You know, it is. It us, is. It's. Eh. Cause it's the sport. It's the sport. Don't get me wrong. I love don't get me, utmost respect for Lance for Armstrong. Any sports, yeah. I yeah, feel like all exactly. me and you both. It doesn't matter what it is. We're we're yeah. gonna appreciate yeah. the the athletic ability for all of this. I was about to say, shout out the best cricket player in the world. Okay, yeah, if you if you commit that much to any craft, yeah, you gotta acknowledge it. But it's just it's cycling. Not many people. I don't know when the last Tour de France went away. You know what I mean? Like I, I just. Wait a minute. Yeah. You don't what? listen to my Tour de France podcast <laughs> that drops every Tuesday. <laughs> I got nothing for you. We we Jay Sweet and Philly. Get off the two ratatouille. like it's it's cycling, bro. This basketball is so it's just such a it's such a unifying game. It's such a unifying game. I'm not about to sit here and act like the shit is like the savior of the world, but what this game has done globally is just, and I think that's what this really did. It showed you, it showed you when it went, because it was like this, and then it showed you throughout that 90s Bulls era, it just went, you know what I mean? So I think that's what it was. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It, it showed how MJ changed sports really globally, yeah. you know, sports yeah. in general globally so all right that is it that is it we finished all 10 episodes it was a fun ride i'm not someone who's going to be able to like dive right back into it and watch it all over again anytime within like the next week or two i'm sure people will do that that's not kind of how i roll i'll watch it again don't get me wrong but i'm not ready to restart episode one tomorrow and and redo Mm -hmm. the whole thing i'll i need some time to to kind of let it settle in and from here we'll I think we talked about doing maybe a Fab Five discussion or we'll, we'll, we'll think of some ideas. We'll get creative. And hopefully before we know it, there's some sort of basketball back. Adam Silver yeah. said two to four weeks, and that was about a week ago. I so, think the NBA's coming back. Yeah, that's just two to four weeks until there's an answer, not until there's actual basketball back. We don't know. So I think it's coming back. I hope so. I hope so. So thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Processed, and we will see you next time. 